Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is video number three, answering all of your questions. If you want to see the other videos, go to uh, joemccall.com slash apply. joemccall.com slash apply. We did a coaching call yesterday. We asked people to submit their questions. We had way too many than we could answer. So we're doing these videos afterwards to answer them. And um, on that page, joemccall.com slash apply, you're going to find that coaching call. The other two videos we did where we answered a ton of questions. We got some more to answer right now. We're going to go through them quick. Uh, but we also gave you some videos where we interviewed some of our students and ask them, like, what are you doing? How are you doing these deals? What are some key gold nuggets? And they're just incredibly invaluable. You've got to watch these videos. And Gavin and I did a video as well showing you how we did step-by-step step, over $150,000 in two months recently without talking to sellers, without doing any direct mail in a virtual market. Yeah. So go check out joemccall.com slash apply. All right. So we're going to jump into these questions right now. This is from Vincent. He says, um, I have limited funds at present. I have owned, developed, and lost. <laughs> so I'm familiar with and experienced in uh, lease options. And I see lease options as a viable alternative. I'm working on getting financing secured for a six and four family unit, fully rented, motivated sellers. I have, a, I have plenty of single family for sale by owners in Maryland where I'm at, which is where I'm looking. I presently live in other part of Maryland and the properties I owned or lost were in the middle class areas of Washington, D.C. So what's the question here? I'm trying to get to it. Ah, so the question is, <laughs> would you and Gavin be interested in JVing on deals? Um, we do JV with our coaching students on deals. So if you're interested in coaching or partnering with us on deals, uh, go to jomacall.com slash apply and uh, we'll definitely hold your hand through these deals. Yes. Yeah. And the reason why that is, it's not us just not wanting to pop JV with you. Um, it's just time. We can't handle it. Yeah. We, we made that mistake before. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, we can only do it with coaching clients. Good. Another question from Lou. Um, are your, your virtual assistants using REI Simple to make cold calls, or are they using some other platform? Uh, we use, when we're doing a lot of outbound cold calling, we do Mojo Cells. There's other tools out there. Call tools is good, um, but we use Mojo because it's easy. A lot of VAs that we hire already know how to use it. Um, also, uh, you can do cold calling inside of REI Simple, but it's only one at a time. And so there's an argument to be made between quality versus quantity. Mm -hmm. So it's really up to you. Um, on average, Gavin, they have some questions here. How many calls per hour? How many contacts per hour? How many leads per day? Um, well, yeah, it, there's a multiple things that go into um, – to factor in, okay? How many rings are you doing? Are you doing four rings to seven rings? If you're doing seven rings, you're not gonna do as many dials, right? If you do, how many people are answering the phone? So just as an average, I would say if you can, if, the, if they're dialing anywhere between 60 and 120, um, obviously the more dials, the less talk time. The less dials, the more talk time. We want a mixture, we want the talk time as high as possible with, with a lot of volume of calls, not 20 minutes on the phone. Um, so I'd say six to 100 dials an hour, um, and I'd say your contact rate should be between 
ideally 8 to 13%. Um, and you will see that a list will perform much better at the start. And as you work through the list, it will get less. Um, just common sense. So, and when you're on your third dial round, that's when you should start looking at a new list. Some of our lists have been called up to 15 times. So that doesn't mean you stop calling that list. It's just time to get a new list and then start the rotation. General rule of thumb, after an hour of cold calling, you should expect one to two. Oh, yes. And, it, and again, depends on market. But we see anything, probably about one lead an hour on average. Sometimes it's less. Sometimes, like yesterday, we got like nine in uh, probably about between two and six hours, something like that. So, But that does not happen every day. Yeah. So this is something that we set up for all of our coaching clients, you know. Yeah. Um, which is we've found right now the best way to get leads, cold calling absentee owners with equity. And not just in the big cities, we also go in the surrounding areas around them and you get a better response rates with them. Too. So that also depends on like where, if you're calling a bunch of absentee owners in the middle of Nashville, Tennessee, you're not going to get as good of a response rate yeah. as you would targeting outside of those big MSAs. Yeah. From Greg Lewis. How do you wholesale a lease option and how does that work? <laughs> That's a great question. And um, I created a whole course on that. I even wrote a book about that. Um, but I would just encourage you to go get my book if you want at WLObook.com, WLObook.com. Basically, you get a property with a seller as a lease option and you sell that contract to a tenant buyer and you're out of the deal. That's how it works. Brandon, I live in Los Angeles. Hey, where real estate prices are high. By the way, I was born in LA, was raised in San Diego, and I've lived in San Francisco, and I've lived in Bakersfield. So I love California, but I'm glad I don't live there anymore. <laughs> it's insane. Um, okay, so he lives in California. I'm curious about investing or possibly doing deals in other states like Utah or Illinois. How is that possible without physically viewing the property? My question is, how do you invest remotely? you connect with a team in the state where you're interested in? And if so, how do you go about finding that team? Thanks, guys. Um, hey, he says here, what's up, Gavin? This is Brandon. You spoke to my wife, Hazel, and I a few weeks ago. Stay cool, man. So, um, yeah, so that's a great thing about lease options, which is one of the biggest reasons why I love lease options, is they're easier to do remotely than traditional wholesaling. Traditional wholesaling, you got to talk to the sellers, get the price down to 50, 60 cents on the dollar. Now, we do deals virtually, wholesaling and lease options. So, um, you know, with, I don't know what to say. It's just, it, it can be done. Sometimes, and Gavin, you have a better way of explaining this than I do. But like, um, if you just have it in your mind, like this is the way we do deals. If a seller says, why don't you come and look at the house? You say, well, I'd, I'd rather not. It's going to be too much, too long of a drive. But, you know, you can answer questions. You can send me pictures. Is there something wrong with the house that I need to see it anyway? We buy tons of houses all the time without ever looking at them. I'll have my contractor come look at it if we can agree on a price and get it under contract. So what do you say to that? Yeah, no, absolutely. First thing is when you're virtual, as long as you're not going to the house, it doesn't matter if it's 10 minutes down the street or across the other side of the United States. If you're not seeing the house, you can do it anywhere, number one. Number two, yes, if you are virtual and they do ask, exactly like Joe just said, um, you blame it on the house. I said, well, are you going to come and see it? Well, it looks like, especially for a lease option. Well, I'm looking at the pictures here, right? They're, you said they were recent. Yeah, yeah, they're recent. Okay, is there something that I'm, uh, I'm missing? Do I need to come and see it? Is there anything wrong with it? 
oh no it's great blah, blah. okay yeah no worries well this is only just step one so what we do is we're going to send this short offer agreement out that's phase one uh, we'll start the process and then yeah we are going to come and get some pictures or we're going to show it um, at some point um, so that's when we'll, we'll get in the in the property that's for a lease option on a uh, on a wholesale deal as Joe just said um, would be more get the contract uh, yeah, I, I can come out, um, that's no problem, but it's not really going to benefit us because I have to do a proper inspection. I get my contractor in uh, or contractors in um, because they're going to actually give me better numbers. Um, so I just don't want to waste any time. So I'm just going to send the contract out and then uh, we'll, we'll get our guys in and we'll go from there. Yeah. So once you start doing a lot of lease options, for example, or, or wholesaling, you're going to need boots on the ground people to inspect the property. Um, sometimes, you know, you can use remote or, or mobile notaries. Um, I was just talking to a guy who does a lot of vacant land investing. And, um, you know, it's funny, it, people always freak out like, oh man, I got to get the contracts. I got to send a mobile notary to the house. Um, I got to go to the bank and get a cashier's check. And you know. well, this guy's like, no, he tells the sellers, this is how it's going to work. You want to sell your property, I want to buy it. All right. So, you're going to, I'm going to email you a contract. You need to print it. You need to get it notarized. Go to your local bank, get it notarized, and send it back to me at this address. After I get the notarized contract and the deed and all that, I'll send you a check for the, for the money. And he actually sends a business check. He doesn't even send a cashier's check. And that's just the way he tells the sellers up front, this is how we do it. So you need to set the agenda yep. up front. Tell and you need to be the one dictating and controlling the deal. This is how it's going to work. Um, so you know, as you start doing lease options, you're going to need a leasing agent to help you lease the properties, and you can hire realtors and stuff like that to help you with that. Um, when when I've done a lot of deals remotely while traveling around Europe and in our RV and stuff like that, um, I partnered with local wholesalers, and I partnered with them that way. Good. We got to move on and go through these fast. Victor, once the PLO agreement is signed, I'm assuming that's a purchase lease option agreement maybe uh, who are the people involved in making the transaction legal do I take the seller and the tenant buyer to a title company what's the process um, well the, the a contract is legal when there's consideration agreeing agreement of the minds and a signature right it's from all the parties so that's makes the, the thing legal. You don't have to use a title company, an escrow company, an attorney. You can, and maybe you should if you want to. Not a big deal, but you know, that's how it works. Ken, do you have a formula to estimate rehab costs before submitting an offer as a wholesaler? So you gave me a bunch of information here. I'm just going to tell you this: when it comes to estimating rehabs, um, I keep it super simple. If I see pictures and it doesn't need any work, zero, right? If the seller says that it doesn't need any work, I do five bucks a square foot, personally, what's I do. If it's cosmetics and paint, like paint and carpet, I might do 10 bucks a square foot. If it's a full gut rehab, I might do like 20 bucks a square foot, maybe 25. Um, that's as simple as it needs to be. Once you get it under contract, then you can have a contractor go to the house if it needs a lot of work and maybe get an estimate if you need to, or maybe, maybe not. Um, but I, sometimes I don't, when we're doing wholesaling, I don't like to give my buyers, my contractors estimate of the scope of work or the estimate of the cost of construction or rehab, because what if it's wrong? What if you say it's going to cost 30 grand and the wholesaler comes back to you later and says, Hey, the rehabber says, Hey, it cost me 40 grand, not 30 grand. I'm mad at you. So just to avoid that, just be conservative. If you think repairs are going to be 25 to 30 grand, 
go with 30. Mm-hmm. If you're calculating the repairs are going to be $22,345, round it up to 25000 okay? Don't overthink it. Quick, quick, quick. Let's make offers fast. All right. Use dollar per square foot or just, I know one guy who just rounds it off to 5,000. He just guesstimates. It's either 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. That's how he does it. Rolando, what do we need to do to the realtor who wants to do some deal with us and I don't want to sign any contract at all? How do we deal with this type of situation? I'm not sure I understand. Um, If you're going to be working with realtors, they're probably going to want you to sign some kind of um, disclosure agreement or listing agreement, commission agreement. Um, If you want them to bring you deals, you got to sign their paperwork. It's not a big deal. Shimon or Shimon or Sheman. I'm going to go with Shimon. I'm sorry, but I'm going to go with Shimon. I think that's probably it. Since I... Since I purchased the program 30 days ago, I follow the instructions and I am getting 500 leads from Zillow every week. And my VA is texting the property owners. And nothing has happened in the last four weeks. Any suggestions? If you're texting 500 people a week and nothing is happening, I'm, I'm not sure I understand. That's like almost impossible. Um, now you are in a very competitive market in Florida, but like 500 texts, I don't Gavin, do you have any Well, did he say 500 texts for, for what? I mean, 500 texts doesn't mean that it's going to give you a deal, but you should have interest. Yeah. Just remember, you're not going to be like, oh, I called them and they said no. You know, as we said in the one of the videos, um, 93% follow-up. So it's, uh, yeah, you're not going to close first time, but 500 texts. I would say, I was talking to one of our clients yesterday, um, he was said 50 texts. He'd do 20 texts and get three. His, his average was 20 texts and he was getting three to four people to speak to. From oh, yeah. So 500, uh, you couldn't, yeah, you, you've got, yeah. Plenty. Something's wrong. Maybe yeah. I'm not understanding the question, so I apologize. But um, and I, I see on average, I don't want to give numbers to it because it depends on the county that you're targeting and all that. But like, yeah. I, I did some marketing in a market close to where you are. And um, we did, I remember the numbers exactly. We sent out 106. No, I forget the numbers. <laughs> Sorry. We did a, we got about a 20% response rate. I'm not promising that, but we got 20% people that said yes or maybe to my, hey, do you want to at least purchase your house? So. Cedric, if I live in another state, if I live in a state that doesn't allow sandwich lease options, can I do sandwich lease options in another state? Yes, 100%, of course. How do I set up an account to make sure the tenant buyer receives credit for their payments that they make and any rent credits due at the time of purchase at the end of the lease? You don't have to, like if you're giving them rent credits, you don't have to set aside that money in an escrow account. That's just a credit on paper that goes towards closing costs or seller concessions. It doesn't go towards their down payment. The seller doesn't have to keep that money in an escrow account. It's just a credit on paper like a seller would be giving the buyer concessions for closing costs. That's all it is. How do we get paid with a sandwich lease option or an assignment option? Are we paid the option fees directly from the tenant buyer or is that handled through a real estate attorney title escrow company? Um, how do you get paid? You get paid multiple ways. In the sandwich lease option, you get paid upfront from the option deposit money from the tenant buyer. You get paid with monthly cash flow, cash now, cash flow, and cash later. Cash later is the difference that you're buying it from the seller and what you're selling it to the tenant buyer for. 
The cash flow is the difference between what you're paying the seller or paying the mortgage and what you're collecting in rent. On a lease option assignment, you get paid from the assignment fee on selling that contract to a tenant buyer. And um, the other question here from Cedric is, where do I find the contracts? The contracts are in my course. If you want my lease options course, go to sloclass.com, sloclass.com for simple lease options. Uh, Hans, Hans, I'm having difficulty finding buyers with money for the down payment. Hmm, where do I find the buyers? By the way, I get this sometimes and I have a testimonial from a guy named, um, oh, I'm sorry, I forget his name. It'll come to me. Um, uh, McGee, uh, his last name is McGee. Anyway. Right. Frank, yes, thank you. Uh, it's so funny. He's like, Joe, uh, every time I post one of these ads, I have to turn it off after a couple of days because I have too, so many leads. And he says, um, I got buyers and they have money. And he says, this is so much easier than trying to find a house and sell it for $5,000 assignment fee and hoping I find a cash buyer that has $80,000 to spend. Like, this is so much easier, he was saying. Um, so there are buyers out there. And usually if you can't find a buyers, it's one of two reasons. Number one, it's overpriced. Or number two, you're not advertising it properly. Maybe number three, it's but ugly. And if it's, even if it's but ugly, if you've got it priced right, you're going to find a tenant buyer for it. So, you know, if the market rents are $1,000 and you're trying to advertise for $1,300, um, you're not going to get any interest in that. Um, if it's on the side of a cliff, you're probably not going to get any interest. But even if it's on the side of a cliff and you're, and the market rents are 1000 and you're advertising it for 500 you will find people that want that house. So where do you find the buyers? The question here is um, Craigslist and the for rent and the for sale by owner section, Zillow, Facebook Marketplace, signs, put signs in the yard, signs in the neighborhood. If you do those four or five things, um, you're going to find buyers. And make sure it's in the median price range. Again, if it's too cheap or too expensive, the pool of buyers are smaller in those areas. Okay, and just like anything else, you know, you're going to have to talk to a lot of buyers. Um, you know, the, yeah. And it sounds to me like you said here, the price range you're coming across is around the $300, $3,000 a month price range. Well, yeah, there's a smaller pool of buyers that can afford $3,000 a month, even in California. Um, so, and you're in Las Vegas. So, yeah, you're definitely in the upper price range, and that's going to be harder to find tenant buyers for. You might want to start looking in other areas. Okay, next one, Carmen. Um, are lease options currently being done in the Los Angeles market? Yeah. Unless there's a law that says you can't, I'm sure there's at least one investor in LA County, which is probably the biggest county in the U.S. that's doing lease options. And if we had time, I'd go to Craigslist and I'd find, you know, 20 people that are probably advertising lease option houses right now. Just go to Craigslist and find them. Can you do this virtually in another state? Yes. How do you check the condition of the house? You hire boots on the ground, local leasing agents. Uh, how do you make contact with a person to help you with the deal out of state? So I put an ad in Craigslist. Hey, I'm looking for an agent to help me lease my properties. Uh, call me. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll even call other for rent ads and talk to the leasing agents of those other rental properties and say, hey, do you help this? Do you do this for other clients? Uh, I have found a house that has been for sale for a while. I'd like to reach out to the seller, but they live in another country like China and the house is for sale under a realtor. The home has been listed for a while. So if you can't talk to the seller, just send the offer to the realtor or send a letter saying, hey, and let, you know, let the seller talk to the, the owner. Robert, 
I get overwhelmed easily. What's the very first place to start in my process of making offers? And if you don't mind, what are the next steps after that? Um, Robert, I don't know if you have my class or not, but um, my course breaks it down really easily, right? So first module, do the, that. You know, in the first module, I show you how to start marketing and talking to sellers and making offers. So that's where you start, right? So keep it simple, five sellers a day, okay? Forget about everything else. I, I was talking about this earlier if you're not talking to sellers and making offers, everything else is just stupid. Stop doing stupid stuff if you want to make money. Focus on talking to five sellers a day and make an offer to every seller you talk to. That is the first step. That's the most important step. Start doing that. Okay. Carlos. Ah. Good question. I have $500 a month budget for marketing. What is the best way to market for deals? Um, I would recommend um, going to Craigslist and Zillow and Facebook Marketplace and start contacting landlords and for sale by owners and asking them if they want to sell their house. And, um, you know, I would get a virtual assistant as soon as I could. Um, I, I'm always torn between if I had only had $5, $500, would I hire a VA or would I use that for marketing? I, I don't know the answer to that. I'd probably do everything myself, spend as much of that money as I could towards actual marketing. I would get REI Simple. Um, I might hire a scraping company to start scraping Craigslist and Zillow for me. I'd buy some local phone numbers that you can through REI Simple and I would start sending massive text messages out. Um, and then if I had a few hundred bucks left over, I would maybe do some handwritten yellow letters to expired listings for lease options only. Um, and I would my, uh, some yellow letters to rental properties on Zillow or uh, evictions that you can find in court records. I would start sending handwritten yellow letters to small specialty lists. Uh, Robert, I get overwhelmed. Oh, I already got this one. Good. I like the duplicate questions because it means we're, <laughs> we already answered it. Your best practices and methods for finding qualified lease option buyers who have decent down payments. I just talked about that. Okay, Rick. I already answered that as well on a previous call. Gene, when a seller, when a seller accepts your offer, what contracts do you use to get the deal to closing? And do you use an attorney or title company? All right, all my contracts are in the course. I walk through that um, in step-by-step -step detail, go through example deals and all of that. Um, we have a contract with the seller. We, we have another contract with the tenant buyer. Yeah, I'll have to go to the next one. Ellie, um, with implementing your REI Simple CRM, what websites do you recommend we set up? What do you believe is necessary to maximize our outcome for financial success? All right, so you really, when you're getting started, you, you, you probably need two websites. Um, but don't, let, don't think you have to get this before you start talking to sellers and making offers. You need a company website that kind of explains what your company is and you need a lease option website where you advertise your properties. Um, and what I recommend is go to, go to Google, search, find, some that have, so find somebody that has a website that you like and then hire my person that I give you inside of REA Simple to build that website for you. And then you can get in there and customize it and tweak it and make it your own. Or just go to Investor Carrot and get some of those carrot websites. Go to joelikescarrots.com. Chris, do you recommend uh, putting, presenting lease options to a probate lead? No, don't do, um, I, 
You could. Uh, I've never targeted probates for lease options. Usually you just want to make a cash offer for those. Gary, if you assign the deal, if you assign the lease option and get out, will the option fee you receive be applied as a down payment when the tenant buyer gets their financing or will they need to bring in a new down payment money? That's a great question. I've answered that a bunch of times already, but um, if you use the right mortgage broker and you set it up properly like the way I teach in the class and you're using an escrow company, a third-party escrow company, um, you should be able to get the tenant buyer to apply that money towards their new down payment. Um, watch the second video that we did. Something. Yes, or to reduce the price of the home. And in our paperwork, we never promise that they will get it because if, you know, if they're using the wrong mortgage broker or they're going to the wrong bank, I can't, you know, we don't promise that. RH. Ah, good question here. Uh, I'm having an issue with some deals that if they, ex if, the, if they exercise the option to buy and, and they get an FHA loan, I can't get paid from the loan proceeds. I can't double close because of the 90-day seasoning rule from FHA. Any solutions from you guys would help. So I'm just curious if this is an if question or if this really has actually happened to you. So if you've got a lease option deal, let's say you're doing a sandwich lease option and um, you've got a tenant buyer in there that's going to be getting an FHA loan. First of all, remember this, FHA isn't the only option out there. You got to make sure you're working with a mortgage broker that can help your tenant buyer get the best loan possible, okay? Let's say they are getting an FHA and there has to be 90-day seasoning. So there's several ways you can do this. Number one, go ahead and take it subject to the last 90 days, okay? So now you're going to be on title for 90 days. You can do it that way. Um, you can, uh, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, you could create, create a new contract with the seller that says, okay, I'm going to end this lease option and uh, you're going to record a lien. So let's say you're going to make 30 grand on the deal. You could record a lien or some kind of instrument against that property so that when the buyer does get the financing and buy it, you get paid on the HUD as a satisfaction of lien or I've even heard it called a revocation of option, a revocation of option. Um, and, and maybe you just need to borrow some hard money if there's enough spread in there, buy the house, take title to it for 90 days and then sell it. So there's different ways around it, different ways to do it. You need to find a good, friendly, investor-friendly title company and tell them, hey, this is what I'm going to do. What do you recommend that we do? And you, you, there's ways around it. There's ways you can do it. You may just need to file. I've done it before where we give this title company an invoice and, um, you know, what my profit's going to be. Give the title company an invoice. You know, every, the seller knows what's going on. It's not like we're trying to hide anything. And uh, we're just trying to find the best way to make it work. All right. That's it, Gavin. We did it. That's it. It's funny. I just was logging on. And I was like, to see where we're at. And I'm like, 58 questions. And I was like, oh, these are all answered. <laughs> the last one. Woo. All right. So, guys, one final thing. Um, we, we answered a lot of questions. We want to encourage you guys to um, be careful with asking what if questions. And we want to push you. Growth is, is found outside of your comfort zone. 
Okay. If you feel like you have to have all your what if questions answered first, before you take any action, you're going to really struggle in this business. If you feel like I got to understand steps seven and eight before I do steps one and two, you're not going to get anywhere. All right. So we want to encourage you to take, start taking massive action today. It's okay. If you make mistakes, you're going to make mistakes. It's okay to ask questions like this too. I'm not bashing anybody who's asking questions, but like um, take the next step. And say, okay, I got to do my marketing. Do the marketing. You get seller leads. I got to talk to the sellers. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I'm going to talk to them anyway, right? You'll learn. You'll figure it out as you go. You'll learn from your mistakes. That's the best way to learn in this business is from your mistakes. And if you want some help, if you want to make the fewest amount of mistakes possible, right? Let us hold your hand as you start going through this business. We can set up your systems. We can give you the resources that we need. We can help you stay focused. One of the best things that we do for our clients is we give them a scorecard and a marketing plan and say, all right, just focus on this. Report, we want you to report on your numbers every day. We want to help you focus on only what's most important, your highest revenue generating activities. Everything else is stupid. So our job as coaches is to help you focus on your highest and best use of your time, which is talking to sellers and making offers. We can get you leads. That is easy. That is our specialty. We can get you probably more leads than you can handle. Our biggest complaint is I'm getting too many leads. I can't keep up with them. So um, if you want to work with us, go to jomacall.com slash apply. jomacall.com slash apply. There's a bunch of videos on there um, of students. You can see their success stories and also learn what's working for them. And then there's a button there you can apply to work with us. You'll get on the phone with Gavin. Talk about the program, see if you're a good fit or not. It's not a big deal, no high pressure at all. We're not going to try to talk you into something. We're not going to try to get you to commit to sign up for some expensive program with coaching that your wife doesn't know anything about. It's not, we're no high pressure at all, okay? So, it's pretty good. Anything else, Gavin? Awesome. No, I'm excited to... uh... You know, to be potentially working with you guys. Um, you know, thanks, Joe. I think it was a great call. We are going to try and put another one on in the near future. I think yes. uh, we got a um, a lot of good feedback yesterday, so I appreciate it. We did. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks Joe. Gavin. We'll Bye. see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.